Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. I'm fire, all kinds of fired up about the Trailblazers. You want to talk about it? We'll talk about it on today's show. I wrote a column today at johnconzano.com that uh, may deserve your attention. For those of you who have had coaches or teachers in your life who have mattered to you, who have made an impact, who have um, you know made a difference and, and really sacrificed, you will, uh, you will get a kick out of and maybe connect deeply with the piece I wrote about Roland Amuller, who is... Uh, a former coach at Milwaukee High School. I say former because on Friday night, um, Om, the coach known as Om, died. He was 59 years old. He is uh, on his way home from Milwaukee High School's football game against Park Rose. They won the game. They were 2-0 and and sitting pretty uh, in, in play. And they thought Coach Om was asleep on the bus. And as it turned out, uh, he had passed away. They tried CPR, they tried to wake him up, and he did not wake up. And I wrote about today all of the coaches and teachers who are out there who give so much of their time and their effort and their energy in pouring into kids, whether you are a track coach or a wrestling coach or the yearbook advisor or a driver's ed teacher, high school and junior high school campuses are filled with people, counselors, teachers, coaches who have these giant hearts. And Coach Om was one of these people. And he was a big, giant person, 6'3", 295 in the Portland State uh, media guide in in his playing days. Uh, He was north of 300 pounds nowadays, 6'3", about 3-something, who knows. But uh, for people who remember him as a Portland State football player in the Pokey Allen era or a fixture as an assistant coach at Milwaukee High School, it was a real loss to lose Coach Om on Friday night. Big vigil on Sunday at Milwaukee High School. Drew, they said hundreds. It looks like a 1,000 people when you look at the photograph. But here to talk about it a little bit, longtime Milwaukee High School football coach Ken Buckles, the guy who hired Coach Om, 33 years ago is joining us. Uh, Coach, thanks for making time. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Give me an idea. Uh, when we talk about Roland Amuller, what are we talking about? Gosh, you hit the head on it. Uh, you just hit it so right, and your article is so beautifully written. What a tribute. Um, he just uh, – I, I was actually blown away Sunday night also by – the number of people and the people coming up commenting, boys and girls, athletes, non-athletes, um, kids in the band, uh, you know, not just football. He he just married that all those kids, and that was his life for 33 years. And the money he spent on them and feeding them and bringing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and uh, it, it, it just, it's awe-inspiring. Uh, there truly could be a movie made about that kind of guy. He was just an amazing, amazing man with a huge heart. And he, when I hired him, he was very, 
intimidating looking. He was massive. He lived in the weight room. He was extremely weight room strong, and he looked it. And uh, um, gosh, and to think here he was just this awesome football player. I remember watching him play at Portland State, and, and but he was such a big, gentle giant. Uh, uh, just amazing, a huge, huge loss. But uh, Ken, I could go I, on and on. Yeah, Ken, let me ask you this: that you know, you you meet with him. I I want to say he was about a twenty-five or twenty-seven-year-old guy when you met with him. He dies on Friday. He's fifty-nine. He's poured like thirty-three years of his life into the kids at Milwaukee High School. Did you expect yes. that? Did you did you see that coming? Like as a twenty-seven-year-old guy, was did you see the love of kids when you hired him? Well, the thing that's interesting is when we greeted, and I, I said I always wanted to meet you and enjoyed watching you play at Portland State, and he was with a teammate of his who was the safety, uh, Mike Peterson, and he, Roland says, I want to coach high school football somewhere. I want to give back to the game. And that statement I said Sunday night, he wanted to get back to the game. Look what he not only gave back to the game, he gave back to an entire community for 33 years. Uh, just, yeah, I, I just, and I went to Milwaukee. I graduated in 72. I, I knew a lot of old timers and the stories and the, and the coaches and the history of Milwaukee. And I can I can say without a doubt there's not one, not not even close that has put in the time and effort and his own money and uh, for not just one foot, not just the football program, but everywhere in the in the pro in the high school and even in the weight room and just it's uh, it was very inspiring and it that a lot of us came away from that thing saying you know we've all got to you know look into our hearts and do more if you really want to honor this guy try to uh, you know. Try to live like he lived. You know, just he just loved people, and uh, and it's amazing too because uh, we, I didn't know this. I knew that his grandfather fought for the German army on the Russian front and was badly wounded. But a cousin came up and said that the family was deeply affected, and Roland never talked about it. His parents moved to the United States right after the war, but uh, the Nazis. When he was badly wounded and returned back home, and he didn't report back when he was getting better, he didn't report back. The Nazis came and executed him, and uh, so it was, you know, just that that memory. And his father, you know, remembers going to school with bombed out buildings and kids, and it shaped, you know, that he his father was very strict and hard working, and he was raised on a farm in Sandy, and and just. Strong, strong work ethic, and that carried into his, you know, into the weight room and playing sports, and, uh, and he just pushed the kids. He loved them, but he would push them. He pushed them hard. He demanded them, demanded a lot out of them, and had high expectations. And but if you if you love kids and respect them like this, they'll respond for you. You know, and they would they would literally run through a brick wall for Coach On. Ken Buckles, our guest, longtime Milwaukee High School varsity football coach. Um, look, um, I I heard stories about Coach Om bringing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, Gatorades. What are we talking about here? Would he make those at home? 
Yes, I guess that, uh, that's what my understanding is he would make them and bring them and, and have them for kids after practice or in the weight room or, you know, even during the winter sports and track season and, and give kids Gatorade. And, and I've heard of things where he helped, helped pay for certain things, like if it was a shoes or a, a letterman's jacket, you know, just stuff like that. Just, we have no idea how much he did except that, you know, there was, they could have gone on and on and on with kids speaking, actually kids. The, the, my, the class in, uh, 90, 91, 92, back in there, I think they're all in their late 40s now. So you're talking guys and men and women in their 40s and 30s and 20s clear down to these teenagers were saying things up the mic and just, Every testimony was just amazing. It was very emotional. The so. the, the football team itself this season, 2-0, and feeling pretty good after the win over Park Rose. Will they rally behind him? Because I have to think he would be there whispering in their ear like, hey, focus on, on what, what's important here. Go out and have fun and go win games. You know, i I got to believe that. I, I believe especially at the high school level, that uh, emotion uh, can play a big part in, in sports. You know, we've seen momentum changes and things like that. Uh, I know that a lot of alumni are pushing for everyone to go to their home game this Friday night at Milwaukee High School. And i got to believe that this is, you know, you, you take about 50 kids, there's, they're all going to be motivated a little bit different, but I got to believe the majority of them are just, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to get this for Coach on. But I also know that there's some kids that, you know, I've heard through the school that there's some kids really struggling, which makes sense. You know, some of these kids uh, don't have father figures in their life, and he was the father figure. So it's going to be a tough emotional night, and I and uh, um, my wife and I will be there and support the Mustangs. Coach, give us an idea of, you know, the impact. You know, you've seen it. You've had it yourself. And, and I got to be, I got to thinking about coaches and teachers that I had that made a difference. But the impact that, that educators have, you did it. You coached 16 seasons as the varsity coach there. Like, you weren't doing it for the money. No, I know. And Everyone I played college ball with and my friends and relatives all made twice, two and three times the money I ever did. <laughs> it is what it is, but uh, uh, you don't go into it for the money, that's for sure. But it just, it, what, I'm so grateful that you recognized uh, a, a whole bunch of different areas like, the, you know, the band, the, the newspaper teacher, you know, that, all that stuff. Yeah. Because I... I that always, I was just in awe in different departments to see some of these teachers and different coaches in different areas that were just, they gave so much and they spent a lot of their money. And, and it really, it's hurt us a lot for the last 30 years, the constant attacking teachers and coaches. Uh, and you see it especially in social media. And, that, and I, I believe this, I've been around the block. Yeah, there's, there's some bad apples in every single profession, and there's people that shouldn't be teaching. There's people that shouldn't be coaching, there, you know, in every profession. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that uh, the majority of them just love these kids, and, and I've become friends with a lot of the coaches that I coached against over the years, and they're, they're all the same. They give so much to their community, and they, they just love the kids, and the kids love them back. And, and I, I, you know, 
we, we, I wish more people would acknowledge that, and, you know, and focus on a little more of the good, the positive. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you, you were talking about that now and you wrote about it. I appreciate you, Coach, and thanks for everything you did in in 16 seasons of leading kids. You're now doing something with veterans. Can I take a minute here to let you tell people what you're doing? Well, you know, it's uh, interesting. My father was a Marine in the Korean War who committed suicide a couple days before a football game in 1984 where I was a varsity defensive coordinator, and we had our worst practices of the week. We couldn't even practice. The kids knew him. They were devastated. My stepson, who was all state both ways, or, um, uh, was devastated. And those, and uh, on paper, we should have lost Friday night. And we were playing a team just as good as us, and we crushed them. Our kids, I mean, the emotion those kids played with them, they gave the game ball to my mom. But um, because of that, that led to me honoring veterans at Milwaukee High School where we'd bring them to the high school, those who wanted to speak, and, and we'd uh, uh, feed them lunch, and we'd, the kids would recreate a Bob Hope USO show and to honor them. And little did I know that the coaching career went on the back burner and has been on there ever since. This blew up into a nonprofit called Remembering America's Heroes. High school kids named it, our heroes are veterans. Been to, this is the 28th year, been all over the United States, been to 49 high schools, done all kinds of stuff. Uh, wrote three books called Remembrance, Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3. It's just, and I met some amazing, amazing, amazing people. A lot of them are gone now. And, uh, but it's been, I have no regrets. You know, I have no regrets. I, I, I love my years coaching at Milwaukee, and I continued to teach there until 2010. And we did the big event at Milwaukee for 15 years, and the kids just were awesome in how they rallied and supported and honored our veterans. Um, and uh, it's it's really funny as I I started a chant in the, this week, <laughs> 35 years ago on Friday, on our first pep assembly at Milwaukee, I said, I introduced a chant to the pep assembly, and I yelled out, Mustang born, and I had the kids chant back, Mustang bred, going to be a Mustang till I'm dead. Well, they still do that to this day. <laughs> and Sunday night, I said, hey, can we uh, can we do this and yell to the heavens and wake rolling on up, up there? And, and it's the loudest I've ever heard that chant. And uh, so it's, it's a really cool special community, and he gave, he just, he united this whole community again, and it's really a, what an honor. Well, Ken, I appreciate you giving time. I'm not surprised that you're still helping people, even after you're done coaching and teaching, so thank you for what you're doing, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, sir. Take care. All right. There's Ken Buckles, longtime coach at Milwaukee High School. If you want to read about Coach Om, I wrote about it at johnconzano.com. It's front and center. You can check it out. You don't need a subscription to read it. Just give it a look. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Pac-12. Eight spots in this week's AP Top 25, the most in conference history. Can they hang on to them? More ahead. I just want to point out that the Pac-12 conference is kicking butt. Pac-12 schools occupy eight spots in this week's AP Top 25, most in conference history. Previous high was six. Pac-12, just the second conference in the history of the AP Bowl to have eight schools ranked in the same week. Do you know the other? 
the SEC. Pac-12 also 20-3 and in non-conference games this season. Uh, that is the best win percentage among all conferences this season. And, um, by the way, that 20-3 and record includes a 6-3 and mark against Power 5 conferences, which is also the most non-conference wins and the highest win percentage against the Power 5 uh, among conferences this season. It is uh, The Washington at Michigan State game is interesting because that's the only remaining matchup between a Power 5 school this season. Um, according to the Pac-12, I, I don't agree with that. Don't Stanford and USC play Notre Dame? Like, there's other opportunities there. So uh, we'll see what happens coming down the pipeline there. But uh, I think Mich- Washington's going to win at Michigan State. That Mel Tucker thing is awfully distracting. And I want to unpack that a little bit right now with you, Stephen, as we look at the games. I don't want to give your picks, but we do this, you know, we do this kind of um, – the lean, more or less. Where are you leaning as it pertains to some of these games? And that's easy for me to do because I've been looking at the Week 3 games and you got a whole bunch of lopsided games like Weber State at Utah. That one is going to be lopsided. Idaho at Cal. North Carolina Central's at UCLA. Northern Colorado is at Washington State. Sac State is at Stanford. That one might be interesting because Troy Taylor, the Stanford coach, used to coach at Sac State. And... Um, and that's about it. Like, those games are all going to be lopsided. Any of those games, of those games, if you had to watch one wire to wire, you're forced to watch one of those FCS versus FBS games wire to wire. Weber State, Utah, Idaho, Cal, North Carolina Central at UCLA, Northern Colorado at Washington State, uh, Sac State at Stanford. Which of those games, gun to your head, you go? You have to go see? Oh, man, I uh, I guess it would be... Uh, I guess it would be Washington State, Northern Colorado. I think it's that for me because you know Washington State coming off that big win against Wisconsin. You know, I don't think it matters. I think they're going to get the win anyways. But um, I think that would probably be uh, the most interesting game just to see how they react to coming off of that big win, and then they have a big game the next week against Oregon State, where it's probably going to be three and zero versus three and zero. So uh, I, I think Washington State, North Colorado is my answer. I would go. I I kind of lean towards yeah. The Washington State game would be interesting because you know they have to be. 3-0 and for that Oregon State-Washington State date in Week 4 to, to work. But the game that I'm kind of curious about is Weber State at Utah, and it's because I want to see if Cam Rising's going to play. And if he does, how much? And how does he look? And do they treat that like, hey, let's get Cam some work. This is like an exhibition game because Utah should win that. They could win the game without him. But if he's going to be ready for conference play in Week 4, do they bring him out in the Weber State game and get him some action? That would be my only reason for watching that game wire to wire. The other games, San Diego State's at Oregon State. San Diego State got boat raced by UCLA last week. And I think a lot of people expect that, by the way, the Beavers have covered the point spread eight straight games. Longest streak in the country. Eight straight. It's phenomenal. San Diego State's not been great either. Uh, 24 and a half is the spread right now on that game. Uh, Do you have a lean there? Uh, yeah, I've already uh, made a bet of the Beavers covering this game. <laughs> More I, than a lead. I've uh, I, I, I had lead. the unfortunate uh, decision. I watched San Diego State Week Zero against Ohio. Even though they won yeah. that game, they are not a very good football team. And usually they're they're really good on on defense. They're not this season. And so I don't you know they have a below average offense. The defense isn't very good. I don't see how they can stop Oregon State in that offense, that running game. You know, and being in Corvallis, being at Reese Stadium, I think I think Oregon State is going to put it on them. They're going to be in the 40s. Like, and I, I don't ooh. know if San Diego State scores. I think San Diego State's going to get seven points. 
That's where I'm at right now. I haven't figured out how much Oregon State's going to get, but I'm leaning towards them covering the game. My official picks will go out Thursday. Uh, I'll have them on the show. We'll have them on online at johnconzano.com. Uh, Hawaii is at uh, Oregon. I want to get to that game. 5 p.m. Saturday, Pac-12 Network. Oregon's favored by 37.5. Do you have a lean? Um, I would lean Oregon, bounce back game. Uh, come on. Lanning's talked about just making up for all those mistakes. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.